This week on Prepping 2.0. Behind bars. Think it can't happen to you. Well, the feds live by uh, a couple of sayings. One is, uh, show me the man and I will show you the crime. And the other one is, um, every man on earth commits three felonies a day. So they can pick you out at any moment of your life and put you in this situation that I've just lived through. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over at Prepping 2.0. And I'd like to say good morning and hello to my co-host on this show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Hello, hello. How are you? Oh, I'm great. You know, we have... This is going to be a fabulous show. Keep talking. Sorry, oh, I, I, know. I didn't it's mean to g- interrupt you. Oh, so it's such early a great to be show. interrupting you. Let's just get I know. that out and of the way. No more of that. And I'm super jacked up on coffee. Let's I just know. be honest. Okay. I know. So one of the first things I always like to talk about, uh, take you need to take your sip too, mm-hmm. Mr. Tate, um, is here on Prepping 2.0. It's a top 100 list, and you can find it on our website at prepping2-0.com on the lower right-hand corner, the no, uh, top 100 things that disappear fastest in a collapse. We've been doing this for quite a while. We're on number 89, which is, drum roll please, solar, small solar panel kits to charge small devices like phones and batteries and things like that. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit on this show, Glenn. Solar power is not to um, power the entire house, including dishwashers and Xboxes, and it is to strategically power things that are necessary. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of have to rethink your power needs, your power consumption, when you don't have regular grid power and these little small chargers are pretty good. You can leave them out in the sun and then overnight maybe charge a phone if you're using a phone, if that's even a, a thing. Um, but you're right. You just have to understand that there are limitations. There are some cheapy ones on Amazon. I don't know about all of them. haven't reviewed them. They're in about the $20 range. Um, I know that um, Powerfilm Solar, um, who are friends of ours, not sponsors or anything, they make a pretty pretty slick one that's more than 20 bucks but is is really nice so yeah you can't have too many of these obviously usb connections have now become just almost universal that that's the u in usb isn't it right anyway and uh so they power a lot of things not just phones now uh flashlights all those things get extra because they're going to be valuable they could be good for barter they could be good for helping people out you can't have too many get them cheap well you can like so many other things in the prepping world right well, I wanted to mention, speaking of electrons, um, our, <laughs> one of our sponsors, EMP Shield, they make a device that you wire it into something, a generator vehicle, your, your house, um, and it protects from an EMP pulse. And that could be a really, really good thing to do. So you go on our website, Prepping 2-0, you go on the Friends and Affiliates tab, you'll see an EMP Shield logo, click on it, and you'll be getting $50 off a unit. They're about three to four hundred dollars to give you some idea and you use the uh, discount code prepping 2.0 and you get the 50 bucks off so it's pretty good so good product good price and good partners we love those guys yep absolutely oh another quick thing i wanted to mention lurkers um before we get to todd in about 30 seconds um lurkers come out of the shadows what does that mean if you're listening to this show on the radio, you're listening to this show, the regular show on the internet, with Spotify, Apple, blah, 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 and you hear about this cool after show and all these video bonus shows and all these cool things, but they're not available to you, that's because they're available to Patreon supporters. Go on to prepping2-0.com and you'll see right in the upper right a big red thing that says join Patreon. For two bucks a month, you can be a Patreon supporter and get the after show and other stuff. And for $5 a month and more, you can get all that other stuff, plus a bunch of other stuff, and the video bonus shows, which are very cool, and I encourage people to look into. Also, we're going to be having thumb drives for $5 and up Patreons. In December, there will be, we'll tell you about it, and you'll get a thumb drive mailed to you in January of all the shows from 2020. And if there's room, we'll, we'll throw on all the other shows, too, that we've done. We'll see if there's enough room for them. So you get a ton of stuff for a couple bucks a month. Well, I wanted to uh, state the topic of our show, and it is, as you probably saw from the uh, the title of the show, Todd Engel, the first political prisoner of the second Civil War. And Todd has um, an interesting life. He's a re- he can he'll expand on this, but he's he's pretty much a regular guy. 
and he was at the Bundy Ranch and um, got arrested and was convicted in federal court. Spent four and a half years in federal prison at Lompoc, if I recall correctly. But here's the good news. His sentence was vacated by, of all things, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, Normally pretty whacked out, but they get things right on occasion. And by the way, um, vacated sentence, that's Latin for it never happened. Um, Vacated doesn't mean you went to the Grand Canyon with grandma and grandpa in a minivan. That's a vacation. That's a different thing. Vacated means it never happened. So he was never a felon and was never guilty and can possess firearms. So our guest, like uh, Glenn just said, is Todd Engel. By the way, I think our after show today is going to yeah. be kind of spectacular. So Todd, he's on the line with us. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, uh, hi Glenn. Hi, Shelby. Um, well, I've been, uh, a, I started out just as your regular prepper living in the heart of Los Angeles uh, hmm. when I was just a, just a pup. And uh, it kind of paid off a few years later after I started buying some extra stuff just in case you know of earthquakes in california when uh the rodney king riots exploded five miles down the street from the house Hmm. and uh, all the grocery stores shut their doors and the bank shut their doors and the gas station shut their doors and um general panic ensued through throughout all of los angeles and um I was able to loan out uh, extra guns and extra food and extra uh, supplies to people that didn't, you know, didn't have a day's food in their, in their pantry. Hmm. Uh, So that was entertaining. And that after, after the riots calmed down, which those riots seem to be uh, rather tame compared to some of the stuff we're going through nowadays. Hmm. um, I uh, decided I've had enough of Los Angeles in 1992 and, said, I'm going to move. So I just left friends, family, everything I knew and moved to uh, uh, Coeur d'Alene and Sandpoint, Idaho. No job, no friends, no family, no money. And uh, just wanted freedom, wanted uh, wanted to be able to hunt elk and uh, raise a garden and live where the trees weren't planted by man, but uh, planted by God. So... I landed in North Idaho and have basically been been here ever since. Um, as time went on, I just uh, I threw some blizzards and said, "Well, I better, you know, I can see that I can't get out because I always usually live remote. Um, if it gets too deep, I'm going to be in here for a week or two. So I have my prepping kind of uh, accelerated, and uh, then I actually." arrived in North Idaho right when the Randy Weaver thing took off and then the Waco thing took off. And I'm like, wow, this thing is a little bit more interesting than I thought. So, um, I made sure I had extra of everything, a little extra ammo, a little extra food, way to charge batteries and and all of that. And, uh, just make sure that if, if I had to go without a grocery store for a month, I could do it. Well, then the month led into, a year and then I had enough enough stuff set apart aside for a year and then heck it got to a point where it makes you feel comfortable um, to have extra and then ultimately I uh, now live in an off-grid cabin up outside of Bonners Ferry and when the electricity goes off in town I don't even notice Yeah, so it's kind of nice when my friends are like, oh, yeah, electricity's down in the windstorm. And I'm like, well, okay, if you say so. I didn't know. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I just have uh, been a contractor in North Idaho and enjoying the North Idaho life. And um, then in uh, 2014, I kind of kept saw something on on Facebook and on Fox News of this incident occurring down in Mesquite, Nevada. Um, and it got, got my interest. So I decided to go down there and see what the heck was going on. I drove a thousand miles and I had just had a, a, a major back surgery. So I didn't have much to do. I was on disability on workers comp from the oil fields. And, uh, I find myself in some big giant protest down at the Bundy ranch. And I, uh, uh, find myself armed 
standing on a bridge with a rifle um, as the Bureau of Land Management is aiming rifles at a bunch of people underneath the bridge who are praying. So to make a long story short, um, I ended up working with the state troopers that day to try to calm the situation down and everything ended peacefully as we know it was pretty it was pretty heated. Uh, so in 2014, that was kind of a pivotal point. And as we watched for the next two years, things begin to heat up, especially in the Patriot community after that. And then in uh, 2016, we saw the Malia refuge thing occur with Ammon and the guys. And then in, in March, we were all rounded up um, and arrested for the, going to the Bundy Ranch. So I found myself under a federal indictment just as a, as you're a common guy who just was a, just basically a patriot, just, uh, you know, not a, not an extremist or a terrorist like they were calling us. And I was facing multiple life sentences. So, um, it's pretty terrifying when you read an indictment that says United States of America against, and there, there's your name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most terrifying things you can ever see. Mm -hmm. So at that point, um, I'm thinking my life is basically over because you don't beat the federal government. Um, so we're, we've, we, we, it took about a year to get us into trial and they uh, finally got us into trial. And at that point they had given me such poor attorneys that I uh, ended up having to go pro se with, oh my. and defend, my, and defend mm -hmm. myself, um, which, you know, I'm completely, uh, incapable of doing, but I, I figured I was better to defend myself than have somebody that couldn't care less what happened to me. So uh, it was the only option at the time. Hmm. And they have a saying that only a fool, uh, what, what is it? Uh, the, the man who defends himself has a fool for a client. Yep. Yeah. So um, I knew that and, but I really didn't have a choice. So uh, I defended myself during trial and it, it was uh, it was pretty much a kangaroo court. We weren't allowed to mention the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Constitution. I couldn't say freedom of speech in our courtroom, um, and generally we couldn't talk about what the what what had occurred at the Bundy Ranch with the Bureau of Land Management. Um, but we knew that they had had you know they were they were doing some dastardly things out there. So I was ultimately convicted of two counts in the trial and uh which um we didn't think would hold much time um but it could have held i found out up to 20 years oh boy yeah so it was pretty terrifying i think i was going to go do 20 years but it looked like i was going to get sentenced to maybe three years but uh you'd never know what the, the feds will do to you um, when they start telling mean stories about you. So as I'm waiting for sentencing, my co-defendants, uh, the second trial came, uh, started and that one went so bad for the feds that all of my co-defendants walked out of the courtroom as free men. Yeah. Mm. I remember that. Boy, do yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So that was good news. And then in the second, the, the third trial with Cliven and Ammon and Ryan and the guys, um, the case completely fell apart on, on the government and uh um the judge declared a mistrial and right in that phase the government's own uh their own investigator turned on him and became a whistleblower against the government wow yeah and he told the truth of what really happened out there and what was really going on behind the scenes and i got to read his whistleblower memo it was 18 pages and you can look for it on on the internet it's it's you can find it there it's a pretty shocking read so i read that and it sure looked like i wasn't going to be sentenced and i was going to be given a new trial and, and and given a little bit get some justice so um as he wrote that whistleblower memo the case fell apart against uh, my co-defendants cliven and the guys and um they all went home. They all walked out the door. And then on January 8th of 2018, the judge dismissed their case with prejudice, which means um, they're free to go. They have all their rights back free and all their 
their life has been restored to them, except for the loss of a couple years. So at that point, it's pretty obvious I was going to get some relief you know, also from the judge. She just let everybody else go. And all my other co-defendants that were in prison with me waiting trial, they all walked out. Mm. And I got to say goodbye to them at the door, and they all went home to their families. Um, case dismissed with prejudice. Because the government couldn't have this whistleblower testify in a court of law and, and put all this stuff under oath. He knew too much. So um, we were seeking a bunch of relief to get me released also. Well, on July 19th, um, when I was supposed to be sentenced, everybody expected me to be going home. And in, instead, the judge actually sentenced me to 14 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it just really shocked, well, it shocked me and my family and my friends and everybody, but it shocked the legal community too, because a lot of the judges, retired judges and, and prosecutors throughout the country were watching this. Because mm -hmm. and, and, it was a very shocking case that the government had caught, literally, and I don't say this to be exaggerative, I've been told by my attorney that I'm allowed to say this and I won't get in trouble, but the um, prosecutors and the FBI in the Bureau of Land Management, all had entered into a criminal conspiracy um, in this case to literally actually, and I have the evidence now, to um, kill Cliven mm -hmm. um, in the night. They, they had they'd surrounded his house two nights in a row with snipe, three, three sniper teams and had put laser rangefinders to his door to distance their shots. Um, <clears throat> and they never could get the shot, I guess, because they didn't, weren't able to kill him. Um, but these are the things they kept from us in my trial that I'd been trying to prove that they'd done, that they'd been hiding all this evidence. So they sentenced me to 14 years and, and stuck me in Lompoc prison um, in California, which is a medium security prison when all of my uh, points showed I should have been in a camp, which doesn't even have fences. Uh, but they put me two levels higher than that and, in a in a place that's um, definitely not a camp. Yeah. So, yeah. So they were just being kind of mean, as mean as they could be to me, because we'd kind of, we you know we'd stood up to them. Yep. Wow. So for for twenty six months, yeah, I I was in Lompoc, um, and we were had filed with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and we had. Uh, um, were concerned because the ninth had always been not the, not the best court. Hmm. And uh, we were hoping we would at least get some conservative judges and the ones that Trump had recently appointed, but I didn't get those guys. I got a Clinton and an Obama and a Bush judge on my panel. So uh, it was a little concerning because we weren't going to get any good judges, but my case was so egregious that the ninth circuit ended up at the hearing actually turning into attorneys for me wow! and really, yeah, really hammering the, the federal had, government's attorney that was there at the hearing. First time you and, had somebody on your side and it happened to be the appellate court. That it's better yeah, late than yeah. never. Right? They were so disgusted with what had happened in the lower court um, at our trial that they literally was just, I mean, they were absolutely disgusted and they were, you could see it. I got to watch it when I got out <laughs> that uh, they were asking that guy questions and that guy just said, you know, I've never seen this happen before either Wow! because what she had done is she had, I had asked one question at trial and the judge stripped me of my right to defend myself. Mm -hmm. By the way, can I interrupt and ask the judge, the lower court judge, uh, which president appointed her as if we don't know. So Obama appointed her at the request of Senator U S Senator Harry Reid, Mm -hmm. who was involved in this case. His son was involved in this case. Mm -hmm. trying, he was working with Chinese solar companies and had contracts with them to put solar uh, farms out there on Bundy's ranch. So they needed to get him off that land and he wouldn't get off that land. And um, because he just wanted to graze his cows and not be put out of business by nefarious little environmental laws like the endangered turtle or an endangered weed or a polywog or something. <laughs> so, yeah, so he wouldn't leave. So Harry Reid needed him off so that his son could sign contracts for that land with the Chinese solar companies. And all this I have, I have evidence, I have mm -hmm, proof of right. it. I'm not just making this stuff up the top of my head here. But um, so Obama recommends this lady by the name of Gloria Navarro, 
or Harry Reid recommends her to Obama, and Obama makes her the district court judge, not not a magistrate judge. He takes her up from just being a regular little attorney in Vegas and puts her as the main judge of Las Ve- the District of Nevada. And then guess who gets our case, our Bundy Ranch cases? <laughs> Navarro. So you can see the conspiracy just working its way through the system. So it was literally a kangaroo court for the first two trials. Yeah. And in the third trial, she, I think she kind of recognized she was on the wrong team. She was on the losing team. She was going to be in a lot of trouble because she was getting involved in the conspiracy and really trampling all of our rights. And uh, she kind of switched gears in the third trial and let those guys have some rights and, and so, so and wasn't so oppressive in the trial. So uh, some of all this discovery started getting uncovered. that mm-hmm. should have been uncovered in my case. So the whistleblower, I'll digress a little bit. Um, the whistleblower, when he wrote his memo um, in November of 2017 during that third trial, he stated that he had um, – um, asked the prosecuting attorney um, one week into my trial, have you turned over all the evidence to Todd Ingle and the defense? Oh, my goodness. Have you, have you turned over my entire investigation to them? Because he was sitting in the trial in the gallery watching, and he said, it sure doesn't look like you've turned over all my, my, my evidence and my, my investigation to the defense. Now, mind you, this is a week into my trial. I'm fighting for my life, multiple life sentences. And the prosecuting attorney told his own investigator, he said, you shut the heck up about the case. You go away. Don't ever talk about this case again. And then when he got back to his office, um, his office had been cleaned out and his safe had been cleaned out and his investigation was gone. Wow. All the hard drives, the computers, the notes, everything. That's a criminal conspiracy. That is exactly what that is. This is not the movies. I mean, but it sounds like it. Oh, my my word. Okay. Wow. Yes. So, well, and and there was a guy by the name, the special agent in charge of the whole entire cattle impoundment out there. Um, His name was Dan Love. Dan Love is a dastardly fellow that could be in the movies and be the bad guy in the cowboy movies or the dramas. This guy's a really dastardly fellow. He's uh, a real criminal. And, um, He'd actually kept a kill book on his person where he'd been responsible for other cases of all these people committing suicide because of what he'd done to him. Just a really bad guy. Well, he happens to be the one that goes into the investigator's office and cleans it out. Oh, my goodness. Todd, we're going to have to put a pause on that. Um, We're going to make a couple announcements. Then we're going to go and have some commercials. And then we're going to come back into the second segment and keep hearing about this. This is amazing. I thought I knew this story. I apparently didn't. I'll mention very quickly one of our sponsors, New Mana Freeze Dried Foods, um, newmana.com. If you use the coupon code PREP, you get 10% off. Also, Backwoods Home, great magazine, quarterly magazine, a reference piece, basically. And uh, Backwoods Home, if you use the coupon code 6 off, the number 6 off, you get $6 off. And lastly, but not leastly, a word I just made up. Minutemen Coffee. They have the I Miss America blend. And when you hear what Todd went through, you ought to be missing America. MinutemenPluralCoffee.com. 15% off. Use the code I Miss America. And when we come back into our second segment, we're going to pick up where we left off. This is an amazing story. Stick around and hear what Todd Engel has to say, everybody. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Old, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. New mana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. 
You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everybody. This is Prepping 2.0 with Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. But more importantly, we have a great guest with us, Todd Engel, who went to prison and was freed for being a patriot. Todd, why do patriots and preppers need to have a plan about possibly going to prison, given what's coming in the future? Well, the feds live by uh, a couple of sayings. One is, uh, show me the man and I will show you the crime. And the other one is, um, every man on earth commits three felonies a day. So they can pick you out at any moment of your life and put you in this situation that I've just lived through. There you go. I, wow. Wise words. We all need to have a plan. So, Shelby. So, so Todd, Thank you so much for sharing with, I think we all, from the first segment, oh my gosh, the, just the kangaroo court, as you described, that you went through that got you to being imprisoned. And um, so tell us what it was like. I want to go more to the human side of this. Um, you and what happened to you and being in Lompoc, um, mm-hmm. what is it like? Tell us what it was like. Like, tell us your heart on a bus to Lompoc with nothing but, you know. The jumpsuit that you're in, fourteen years, and fourteen years, and and what? T- tell us what was going through your it's head through and your, your heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, after I was sentenced, it was just traumatic, and I had, you have no idea what prison they're going to send you to, um, what level you're, they're going to send you to. They, so you're, it's just uh, you're in an information vacuum, and you have no idea what your life is in store for your life. So, they they take you and shackle you up and chain you up like a, like a wild animal and stick you on this horrible bus in an itty bitty cage. And it's just traumatic. And it's a 11 hour bus ride. And then when they get, when we arrive in, in uh, Lompoc, it's, it looks like the, it looks like the prison out of the movie Shawshank Redemption. It is a terrifying looking place. This horribly ugly concrete structures and rusted gates and rusted bars and, and, and just a, I mean, there's nothing pretty about this place. And, you know, it's a whole different world from being in a, uh, the prisons that we were in while we faced trial. This is the big boy prison now. And uh, we're going into a place that you would see, it would be like right out of the movies where when we walk into the units that we're assigned to, it's three. Now imagine this, this the, the room is 160 feet long. It's really long, but it's really narrow hmm. and it's three stories high. So it's just that horror that you see of the guys hanging over the railing and staring at you. And they're wondering who all the new guys are. Hmm. And I mean, you would think that you've just landed in, in a terrible, terrible movie. Hmm. And this really can't be my life. And then they show you to yourself and I turned the corner to look into my cell and I thought to myself, you have got to be kidding me. 
there can be no possible way that two men can live in a cell that size. It was the size of a like a guest bathroom at a at a regular you know house six six feet wide and nine feet long, and there's not enough room in there to to do a push up. Um, it was the most horrifying thing you could ever 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 imagine see, seeing. And I'm going to spend years in a broom closet mm-hmm. wow. with another guy, and, and it is just your life just literally it just drains out of you. Mm-hmm. Like this is what has my life has come to. And this is why guys that come into those places, they just literally, well, they, you know, there's a lot of suicide in those places because it is that depressing. Wow. So yeah, yeah. It was just very difficult. So what were the, to, first, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so what were the, you know, you're in this, what were the first few days like? And because now you have to meet your roommate and, and I was, I will add this to folks. If you um, want to see some of the amazing stories that Todd yes. has put out on social media since he's been freed, by the way, he's only been out since August. So this he's living September. In September. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, September the 10th. We'll Remembers remember that. the day. Absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> so he has put out some, uh, some of the amazing stories. And I say amazing because they're amazing both for dark and awful reasons, but amazing for reasons that, you know, God is good. Let's just put it that way. And, and there are his stories to tell, but he's put them on social media. So, and he's also put how dark it was. And so what was it? Cause they, they don't put you with, you know, the unicorn and lollipops roommate. You got, you were put with some pretty, I think um, one word you used in particular and correct me if I'm, evil, pretty evil people. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, I was put in a cell with a guy that was the darkest human being I've ever ran into, not just in my life, but in in the four and a half years in prison. Um, just the most evil, sadistic man. That well, and I don't say that just out of my own opinion. Everybody said you're with the worst guy in the whole prison. Oh, my God. And that was intentional. Thank you, Bureau of Prisons. Thank you, Harry <laughs> yes. Reid. And, and I'm asking these questions for that reason. This, folks, the overlying theme here as a prepper and a patriot, this is the weaponizing of government. And this is what they're capable of doing to someone who is innocent and has been proven innocent. I want you to get a flavor for that. So go ahead. Go ahead, Todd. So, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, and this is, you know, preparation. Being a prepper begins with your mind and getting your mindset ready for anything that might come at you, um, be it prison or being with the most evil human being that you've ever met in your life. And, and having that mindset was what really helped me, um, through my faith and through, uh, my mental, uh, preparation through life to be able to handle this, um, with this guy, this very sadistic guy that was, would smile as he would talk about kidnapping people and beating people to death and just just these horrible, horrible things. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't think I was going to make it through it with that guy. And it, and it almost went to violence on a couple occasions with him. And it was just, um, I was only spared by God's grace. Um, good, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it it was, it was right out of, you know, Shawshank redemption and, and some of these terrible prison movies that you see Mm -hmm. um the things that i had to experience but yeah the ninth circuit ultimately vacated um my 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 jury conviction they threw it out and then that's so rare oh my goodness gracious yeah they don't do that very often that's why this is such a miracle Mm -hmm. um so they they vacated but the thing that they did that's more amazing than the ninth circuit overturning my jury conviction is that they gave it back to the prosecuting attorneys to put me on trial again Oh my word! Yeah, so we were waiting to see what they were gonna do, and um, now this is what's amazing. They felt so confident that they put me on trial once, and had hidden mountains of evidence and fabricated crimes, and had all of their witness perjure themselves and lie and lie in the grand juries. But then when they had a chance to put me on trial a second time, they said, oh, we're not doing that again. He has us this time mm-hmm. and the truth will come out and we're all be, we'll all be in trouble and we'll all go to prison because he'll put that whistleblower on the stand for a couple of days and we're all going to be indicted. Mm-hmm. So they, they folded up and went home and dismissed my case with prejudice. And I walked out of Lompoc prison 
um, a free man who could um, have all my rights back. What was that like? I mean, the, the personal side of it. I mean, what were the feelings when you are when you get the word that you're going to be released and then when you walk out? I mean, this is this is big. <laughs> so when my family told me that, um, you know, first it, they told me that the ninth had vacated. I was shocked, obviously. But then they waited five, five more weeks. They kept an innocent man inside Lompoc prison for five more weeks. And then finally, my family said they're going to dismiss and they're not going to put you back on trial. Well, the guy that I was standing next to at the phone happened to be the Hells Angels uh, enforcer and hitman who allegedly has killed 29 and um, had was doing three lives in 120 years. And that's the first guy I gave a hug to. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so when, wow. when you hear this story, also realize, Todd, he was put in medium security prison. That doesn't mean these are just, you know, tax evaders. The, you know, no. Good Lord, have mercy. No, these wow. are assassins and cartel members and hitmen. And these aren't the white collar crime guys. These are the murderers. Um, these are, yeah, these are, I mean, there, I had one guy in my unit that was his nickname was murder because he'd murdered so many people. Goodness. Yeah. So you have to listen to that all day long when people call out his name, Hey murder. Oh golly. Wow. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, we all must be prepared because the times are, are, are not, uh, bright right now. So talk about, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that because we, we talked about this before the show kind of to get ready for this. Here we are, right now we are recording this, whatever, November 14th, 14th. and it'll be coming out here in the next few days, 17th, 18th, whatever, uh, 18th, I believe. Um, and we're sitting here in this kind of no man's land of recounts and court cases to see who's going to be our president. And um, unlike others out there, uh, Glenn and Shelby don't call elections. That's not our job. Um, <laughs> no one but would listen we do anyway. know. <laughs> Listening to you, Todd, and what we know, mm -hmm. if it's a if it's a Biden presidency who was vice president to Obama, you heard what could happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, Obama was a, was an instrument, was a person that got you that, you know, changed the course of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, or we could have a Trump presidency, which could do things like, I don't know, flip the Ninth Circuit to be more uh, reasonable. Uh, so what do you what are your thoughts on that right now? Where do you what do you see in all of that? And I just and I know you have thoughts on that. Go ahead. Well, a um, a Trump presidency would be a, a four year breath of fresh air. It would still be chaos. They're they're not going to stop these impeachments and all this stuff. But uh, we know we've lived with Trump for four years, and we know that he's not anti gun, and he's he hasn't allowed the the. FBI to really be a weapon like Obama did. So we'll have us some room to breathe for the next four years. I don't know what would happen after a four more years of Trump, but under a Biden administration, um, we, we can study um, what it's like to live in, in a, in a Marxist slash communist type country by looking at the Venezuelas and the, and the Cubas and the Stalinist Russia and Mao. Um, and we need to learn from that of what to expect in the future for the United States. Um, because as weaponized as the Bureau of Land Management, the FBI, the DOJ was during Obama, um, we've gone much further down the rabbit hole um, since Obama. And we can expect um, literally the same dastardly characters that were working for Obama and the FBI to be put right back into the FBI all of the investigations to be dropped, all of these crimes that they've committed will just go away. And as conservatives, we're already seeing, um, you know, the AOCs of the world saying, let's keep lists of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are the beginning of, of the, of, of the things to come is to keep lists and then, and, and they'll keep track of everything you've ever said on social media, on the radio, um, and in the future, like I said, you know, each man commits three crimes a day, according to the feds, and they can they can indict a ham sandwich. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel that we're entering into a new phase. And I, I don't know where you guys stand on the vaccinations, but I know we're not going to take them. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to be able to fly or go to the grocery store, or the football game or to get our kids into school without that. So that puts us on a very slippery slope. Um, in non-compliance with uh, with the federal desires to vaccinate the world. Yeah. And so 
we must think out uh, further out ahead. Where does that really put me on? Will I be able to go to Walmart or uh, will I be able to get on a plane to cross the country? And the answer is, if you don't take the vaccination is no. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's where we're headed. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. And that's a very scary, scary place um, for the future of this nation, the future of our liberties. Um, So I would, you know, uh, the, the prepping side of this, as much as I guess you can put away right now would be wise because the the clouds on the horizon are very dark in a Biden administration um, and pull your groups in. I would recommend your, your tribes or your, your small groups and, and really tie up any loose ends that you may have mm-hmm. and just prepare your mind and your body and your spirit for, for difficult days because, um, the people of Russia and and North Korea and Venezuela, I mean, they know what it's like to live through uh, a, a communist r- regime, and it isn't pretty. Mm-mm. It isn't pretty. So uh, if, if I can make any recommendation, it's just tie up your loose ends, plug any holes that you have prepping-wise, uh, get yourself in as good a physical shape as you possibly can, and get your mind ready for difficult times. Um, because I had to, you know, I walked out of the house one day with a rifle to stand up against tyranny, attempted murder of this rancher and the takings of his land. And by the way, all that all that stuff for, with Clive and Bundy was not over one point three million dollars. It was over eighty eight hundred and ten dollars and fifty six cents. Wow. wow. Yeah. So um, at any moment it, they can they can fabricate something and, and use the media narrative to say he owes he owes millions of dollars and he owns owes a few few thousand but just preparing you know that someday you may have to defend yourself against the people that we've always historically felt were our protectors the fbi and and the doj but they're no longer um uh working within that capacity as protectors they've become weaponized and I don't like saying this but the fbi has literally become a criminal syndicate and it's Mm -hmm. very very sad to see and because this is my country, this is the country I love, and and I don't like to think that I've lost um, my country to to these oligarchs and um, these super elites. But it's it sure looks like we have. So let me ask you this, Todd. I'm going to go back just a little bit, and and just so appreciate you sharing your story. And, and getting us a glimpse into what's coming. So one of the things that I've always talked about um, is that prison life and inmate thinking and being an inmate is kind of the ultimate, <laughs> I hate to say it, it's like being a prepper. You are living in your mindset. You are working in an environment where you have a bartering system that's very organized and it's mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, you know, don't be weak. The weak, weak won't survive. So what are you, we talked about that a little bit offline and, um, and things that are value, things become valuable that seem silly to us now. And I'm thinking of an article I read about three or four years ago. Uh, some study of a, of a, of a prison showed that canned mackerel was the most valuable thing for whatever <laughs> reason, because it was deemed valuable from the community. There. So what are your, tell us how the, your preparedness one prepared you for prison and how Honestly, if you can say this and don't let me put words in your mouth, your prison experience helped you become a better prepper. So I, as a prepper, I always kind of followed my own rules and I stayed in shape, um, even as an older fellow, you know, I'm in my, almost my mid fifties here. Um, so it helped to feel confident that I wasn't going to be taken advantage of in, in that dangerous of a situation. I could defend myself. So that's always a uh, that should be a high priority for all of us is to, to stay in as good a shape as possible, um, because you never know when your ship is going to go down or your mm-hmm. helicopter is going down or you're getting a car crash in the wintertime and you got to walk ten miles. But um, yeah, and then and, and one of the other things that becomes really handy is having you know a, a set of skills. Um, the guys that really prosper in prison have skills um, like some of the things you just wouldn't think that these guys could do. I mean, without any tools, these guys can repair radios and MP3 players. I mean, I don't understand how they do it. They don't even have a screwdriver, but they can take things apart 
um, these these guys uh, uh, can well they can repair headphones. They these guys are so sneaky and so good at some of these skills that they're able to break into the computers in the um, in the library somehow and get the entire CD-ROM system out that spins and then they make um, tattoo guns out of these things. I mean, these guys just have skills <laughs> and, and learning for all of us as preppers, learning a skill, be it um, shoe repair or um, solar panel installation or construction or auto repair or how to work with horses, just, just barterable skills is, is the best way to survive. That's how we survived in prison. And uh, that's how you can actually not just survive, but thrive by having sets of skills. So for all of us out here, if you, if you ever find yourself in a really bad situation, having the ability to you know fix your electrical in your car or in your house um, comes in handy because you can use that in a prison if you ever find yourself in that situation. And yeah, understanding uh, commerce in your, because this is the prison commerce may be coming to a theater near you out here <laughs> in, 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 in the world. If we go to a cashless society, which seems to be um, on the horizon, um, with this, uh, I guess they're calling it the Great Reset with old, what's his name, Bill Gates. But uh, we're in a cashless society inside, and barter is everything. Yeah, top ramen in certain prison is a, is, is the cash. Um, Lompoc was, well, we used stamps. Stamps was our currency. Um, we would trade food and trade, you know, um, services. You'd trade radio repair for stamps or food. Um, we would... The guys who I, I paid a guy to do my laundry, twelve bucks a month. So I would buy him twelve dollars worth of commissary, and he would he had a hustle to do my laundry. But uh, just you know, always thinking out ahead, having marketable skills. Um, shoe repair was a big thing in prison. If you could repair a guy's shoes that he spent sixty bucks on, you could get ten dollars in commissary. So so it's just those little things that make you valuable in a grid down scenario, a prison scenario, or an emergency like in a hurricane, um, floods, um, or a major earthquake that could, you know, hit California and, and having those skills, um, honed at all times, um, is very, just very valuable. Hey Todd, you're a Christian and what is it like, what is the spiritual life like in prison? I mean, it, are everybody dirtbags and only a couple people are, are you know, Christians or, or is there is church popular? Are there a lot of conversions? What's the story with that? So diff different prisons are different when it comes to that. But I mean, predominantly, it's it's definitely not a it's not a giant it's church. Not church. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um, but it is a great mission field. And, and I made sure that I, I uh, ensured I made sure that I was um using it as such because mm. these guys, um, I mean, they've never heard the gospel and, and most inmates it's, it's different. I mean, I had a preconceived and presuppositions on what inmates were like. And, and I have a different idea of it now because a lot of these guys are from like the worst broken home that you've ever heard of. I mean, homeless at eight years old or 12 years old and making a living off the streets and mm. whatever it mm. takes. And, they just never had any parental guidance. So there's, it's a, the, the, it's a mission field in the prison if you look at it that way. Um, but to be a Christian in prison and for anybody to listen to you, you really, you can't be a hypocrite at all. These guys see through hypocrisy. Um, they're very discerning. The inmates are very discerning. So any hypocrisy, they see it and they won't listen to you. But um, yeah, a lot of I, I led almost a dozen inmates to the Lord. Oh my nice. goodness! Great. Praise yeah. God! Yeah, it was an amazing mission field for me, and some of them were really, really gnarly fellas um, mm -hmm. that uh, had you know just had no hope in life, and they just lived through murder and death. And guy, a lot of them had been shot, and and uh, you know when they saw me, uh, they knew that I shouldn't be in prison, and they knew I was innocent. 
and they saw that I wasn't walking around moping and complaining. I was just praising the Lord going, Hey, you know, if I got to do this, I got to do this, this mm-hmm. time. But if he'll, if he, if the God's going to get, if God's going to get me out of this thing, he'll get me out of this thing. And I just lived on that. So these guys saw that and they knew I wasn't a hypocrite because I wouldn't watch their, their terrible TV or listen to their bad music or, or, or uh, I didn't have all the girly, the girly pictures hanging yeah. on uh, my, my prison cell. So then they would listen to me and that's what opened the door for people to come to the Lord. But no, it's a, it's a very dark place. Um, a lot of Islam in there, Uh-oh. a lot of Santeria, a lot of witchcraft, hmm. a lot of paganism. Paganism is a big thing in the white guys. Um, and all of that stuff is allowed in the prison. They, they have, they have to actually make um, accommodations to any and all religions, be it total Satan worship um, paganism, yeah. it doesn't matter. They get their holidays, they get their time um, to burn their candles and do their seances. And I mean, for one time, the, the, there was three black guys, and they were um, they were doing some satanic thing in hmm. one of the one of the rooms, and they were all butt naked. It was the craziest oh thing you ever gosh. saw. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> on, so that t- on that note, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Todd, we, we got to wrap up our regular show real quick in like mm-hmm. twenty seconds. If people want to reach you, how can they? How can they reach you? Social media. What do you think? Yeah, social media. You can find me on uh, at Todd Ingle on on Facebook. Okay. And um, I'm going to be going to I guess parlor Heck and all yeah. that stuff Heck here yeah. soon. I'm just Good. learning all social media again. Very good. So, folks, um, before we go into the after show, I always like to to leave us with a famous quote from Benjamin Franklin. And it seems very pertinent today. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Folks, have a great week. Take Todd's advice and be strong, get stronger, and prepare your mind. There's a whole lot of hurt coming in the future. Join us in the after show. Have a good week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.